This is the Fresh Meat Manifest podcast, May edition. Uh, I'm Holly and in front of me I've got three lovely people. We've got from Manifest, Alex Myers and Julian Abubo. And we've also got the pleasure uh, in company of John Harrington, Deputy Editor of PR Week and uh, and bass player as well. Everyone's got little hidden talents. I, uh, I hear you were in a band many I've, moons ago. I've, I've dabbled. 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 I believe you've got um, many other talents as well. No, we're not talking about those today. We all have hidden talents, we'll leave it there. Uh, so today we, we are going to be talking about creativity, uh, a very broad topic to talk about. Um, and I think myself and the the three of you all come at creativity in, in very different ways and have different probably different approaches to it and and probably different definitions of creativity. Um, so something I found last night when I was doing a, a bit of research, it does happen, um, <laughs> is something by a, a person called Albert Schent, I want to say S-Z-E-N-T, Georgie, who discovered vitamin C. Um, it is creativity is seeing what everyone else has seen and thinking what no one else has thought. So just okay. putting that one on the table. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's your kind of take on that? I think that's a really good definition. I think creativity is one of those things where it's hard to define, but you know what it's not. Um, I think that's the way I sort of um, approach it. It's a very nebulous topic, um, I guess, because it it it's not just in the creative industries that creativity right. is valued um so yeah it's, it's something that's hard to define and hard to measure yeah um but I, yeah I, I think it's it's if i try and define it it's it's trying to communicate whatever you're trying to do in a, in a, a novel way in a novel way in, in a way that seems not as obvious but in a way that actually sort of tugs at at a specific a specific emotion Right. Okay. Um, so creativity so is, is heavily linked to emotion. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, I guess I guess is knowing the desired outcome in terms of emotion and finding the best way to get there. Right. So for you, it's the it's the destination that you need. Yeah. And the and the journey is uh... the the journey. I guess is is what's creative. Yeah. Um, and then when you finally get there, you can say, okay, that worked. So I guess in movie making, for example, sure. the creativity is saying, I want to make a film where at the end people feel sad, and then you tell that story through the script, through cinematography, through whatever. I guess in advertising, it's saying, all right, I want people to you know, make a specific buying decision mm-hmm. after seeing this. And then you can do that through humor, through through artwork, um, through word choice, through font. Um, and in PR, it's um, you want people to sort of feel a certain way or take a, take a, a, a certain message. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of do that through, you know, an event or through the choice of of words you use in, yeah. in, in a release. So, yeah, it's the, yeah. It's, the, it's the journey. And if you make it interesting, I guess you can say it's creative. Cool. What, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I agree with Jules. It's a really nebulous topic, which is really helpful for us to give you that, Holly. <laughs> right. Just do some research on, on yeah. creativity. But I think the... 17 tabs open on my browser last night. <laughs> like, what is creativity to all these different people? Like, well, I have no idea now. But I, th- I think the reason why it's interesting to talk about it is it, it is massively nebulous, right? So designers are um, a creative seen as creatives artists are seen as creatives mm-hmm. architects are seen as creatives um accountants can be seen as creatives <laughs> well, I, 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 I was going to say 
going to say maybe, <laughs> maybe in a sense, uh, creativity is more obvious. You can see what creativity is probably more in a less creative yeah. industry mm. or less creative profession. When so much creativity is kind of bubbling around, mm. like you said, Jules, it's easy to see when something isn't creative. Yeah. But, mm. but sometimes the, the other things just kind of sort of sit in the ether somewhere and that's it. are less and I definable. Think, I think sometimes though it can be quite difficult because there's a lot of the time people take something that's been done before and just do it slightly better mm. and yes. call that creativity. Mm. I think that's a big challenge. Yeah. I think actually a, a big ingredient of creativity is the nuance of doing it in a way that is the first time that's yes. been done so, that way. Yeah, to keep and it the fresh. Value, the value is the freshness of mm. it. I think... Um, as always, it's easy to steal from Michael Beirut. So Michael Beirut is the greatest. Um, he's one of the greatest designers ever. Um, he he was at Pentagram. I assume he still is, but um, he's uh, he's sort of this this godlike uh, character in design. And he has a book that was about the wit of design. And he called it the Smile in the Mind or a Smile in the Mind, uh, which, in my opinion, is the best description of an idea that you'll ever get. A smile in the mind, and yeah. the the title was a smile in the mind, but the D had been twisted to look like a smile, that's and that's cute. what he meant basically. Was when design is able to speak to you in a way um, by delivering such a complicated um, subject, um, but with an emotional connection. In this sense, yeah, he was talking it, specifically about wit, um, and and um, I, I don't remember the whole book, but there's an example he gives in in the start around someone who created a T-shirt that said Helvetica, but in an old-school font. <laughs> and, um, as long as like, it's not the, Comic Sans, I don't mind. Well, no, <laughs> I think it was like Times New Roman or yeah. Garibald, is that a font? Yeah, but, um, so. but basically it was um, it, it was obviously a joke yeah. about design and about the seriousness of modernism and things like that, and that's super complicated. But um, Christopher Doyle, who's also a designer, I saw speak once, and he's, he's a big Michael Beirut fan, but he was saying that was always his dream, and it made him realise as a designer it's not enough to design, he has to be able to write. Um, but I think people often get this, they, they get hung up on skills mm-hmm. that they can or can't have. The skill isn't, isn't, the, isn't the creativity. Yeah. Like, the skill is a, is a skill. And um, the best example with art, for example, is not knowing how to paint something, but deciding what to paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the creative well, again, process. Again, it goes, I guess, back to the sort of destination thing. It's knowing yeah. what you want to, to create in order to make that path towards its creation. But um, would you, John, consider yourself a creative? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no? I mean, I think I can... I think Straight I can, down. <laughs> I think there's a difficulty. I mean, you know, in, in a job as a journalist, I mean, I think there are sort of flashes of things that are creative um, that you bring into the work. So it might be that you come up with an idea that becomes that takes something you write to, to another place. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think in my day-to-day, my day-to-day job I'm, I'm being that creative i mean you, to some extent sort of writing by definition isn't an area of creativity yeah. but i think it's more sort of analytical and um just sort of being able to impart facts and and opinions and that sort of thing i think that you know what about as yourself though you as as yourself not just in your job um i, I mean i maybe have flashes i mean some yeah. sort of creative pursuits i've done um yeah i mean it's it's hard I mean, talking about the definition of it I kind of completely agree with yeah. what, what the other guys say, but I mean, I, I think I think you can because it is such a broad um, a broad definition. I think you can only define it by what it isn't, and, yeah. and I think that if it's not cliched, if you haven't seen it before, if it's not sort of hackneyed, then it's then it's a, and if it's original, in other words, a novel, mm. then it's creative as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, what about... It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be effective in a sort of PR mm. sense well, or anything sure. like that, yeah. but you know. Um, 
I think that's the only way, in my mind, you, you, you can define it and you, you know it when you see it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where the word creation comes in, right? Like, mm. And the idea that it, it's got to be unique in its application. And that comes back to that definition you gave before of it might not necessarily be doing anything differently but for a different purpose that yeah. can be creative oh totally totally so would you say that 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 anyone can be creative or do you have to be sort of inherently creative or, or does everyone have that that sort of ability to be creative it's interesting for you john there meeting loads of people like in our industry do you perceive some people to be creative and some people not is it like the guys who wear the sort of the the creative director uniform <laughs> of like the blazer black t-shirt yeah yeah black polo neck yeah yeah like um yeah um i i i think there's i think there's definitely that sort of badging of i'm i'm a creative in this yeah. in the marketing mm-hmm. communication sector um i think that's a bit um it's a, a bit erroneous though because you can have people who are who are very creative, but they might be in financial PR or they might mm. be in public affairs. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't think you can tell by what people look look like, and I don't think you can tell by how people necessarily perceive perceive them, and also whether they've got creative in their title. I think it's really important um, to go back to something that's more directly related to our industry that um, the creativity in everyone is given a chance to. Um, uh, to realise itself, because mm. frankly, there aren't enough people in this industry with the word creative in their title to bring <laughs> in to um, to sort of provide what what clients want in terms of creativity. Sure. Yeah. So I think um, I think this idea that you have these people who are creatives and these people are just you know get the job done and are efficient. I just don't think life works like that, and I don't think people work like mm. that. I mean, I yeah. think we can all have creativity. I think sometimes um, people aren't encouraged to express their creativity, yeah. um, and I think sometimes they Absolutely. need to find ways of doing that. Yeah, and and I think there is there's a freedom, isn't there, to, to creativity? And I think once you start putting sort of rules and and definitions and things on it, are, are we in some way sort of hindering that and and restraining it? Do we yeah. need to, yeah. to kind of let it fly a little bit more? Yeah, I think not just in, in, in marketing and comms, but in the world of modern work in general, we operate by a rule of efficiency, right? And I think there are people who are probably uh, more naturally predisposed to sort of thinking in ways we define as creative or, mm-hmm. or thinking in very new ways. I think everyone has that latent latent sort of ability too. But if you are in a, 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 an organization of many people and, there, and there's people who may find it easier to storytell, you'd obviously label them creative and yeah. say, all right, you know, you guys can do this quicker, so do that. And then that then that then you know silos other people as you know the the people who get the job done, the people who just do the admin stuff, and the people. Yeah, who it's sort of, it becomes a sort of self fulfilling mm. prophecy yeah. in in some ways. If you are a creative, you're expected to yeah. be creative. Exactly. And that then defines someone else as less so. Yeah, and I think yeah. the, the the nature of, of creativity is that if someone defines themselves as not creative and you do push them and challenge them to think in in new ways they end up coming up with creative ideas because it's new Mm. and then you know but yeah it's it's how do we um you know be efficient in, in in pr and come up with new ideas without just you know relegating it to the same people every single time yeah i i think that it for our industry it's quite an important subject because like you were saying john like as soon as you've got people with creative in their title the people who don't have it feel it's not their role yeah, yeah. and it's really tough to to sort of make that switch when when that's so ingrained into the industry but um i think my personal viewpoint which i think i've always been really clear about at manifest is there's no such thing as creative people or non-creative people but there are i think you gradually unlearn creativity because you 
unlearn your own trust in yourself. And I think the best example of that, and again, I can't remember who I'm nicking this from, which is ironic (laughs) given we're talking about creativity. (laughs) But there was there's someone who runs creativity classes, um, and they they talk about the fact that they ask someone to draw a picture of the person next to them, and everyone then has to share it with the person they've drawn, and every adult apologizes. They say, I'm really sorry, I can't draw, I didn't get you. it doesn't look anything like you, it's nothing to do with you, it's, it's me. Um, and then you ask five-year-olds to do the same thing, and they say, you're welcome. <laughs> this is so look true. look, look yeah. at your eyes, I, I made your eyes really big. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or your mouth is really big because you've been talking a lot. Yeah. And they're yeah. able to really release themselves into that image and not care so, not get so much hung up on the technical nature of whether, again, they can draw. Yeah. It's what they've drawn of that human being that they see as the, the craft. And I think we unlearn that, you know, through school and through work. And we're we're told whether we're good so, or bad yeah. at stuff. Yeah. And life isn't binary when you get to nebulous topics, to use um, Jules's phrase, <laughs> like creativity. And I think the challenge as leaders in a business is to not give people the title of creative, but to try and find that creativity in everyone and find where they are some people are super logical thinkers Mm. some people are super tangential thinkers some people work with metaphors some people work with imagery and those people aren't more or less creative than each other it's just creativity in different ways so being able to combine all of that into one like hive mind is super powerful oh definitely Mm. and very difficult and yes. super difficult, yeah. exactly, yeah. My, my career trajectory, I went from um, being a sort of reporter, a sort of hard news reporter and doing lots of sort of news editing and that sort of thing. And I thought part of the reason I liked going to PR Week was the idea to do more creative stuff and come up with ideas beyond just, you know, doing the sort so of thing. you felt there was more, more in you. Yes, <laughs> There was more in you that you needed to let out. And I, I felt there was a title where I could sort of express that. So it doesn't mean that every day mm. I'm like, right, guys, let's just completely rip up the yeah. rule book and blah, blah, blah. But it's, you know, and, and I think there are probably quite a lot of people in, in PR who feel the same. It's kind of like, yeah, I can do the sort of the standard media relations stuff and you can do all the mm. sort of, you know, very efficient mm. thing. But actually, it's kind of combining that and moving on. You feel like you're maturing and you're sort of, you have more kind of emotional involvement somehow in what you're doing. Again, back um, to the emotion thing, I think. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we were, we were talking yesterday about sort of different ways to, to sort of form and sort of mould this, this podcast so it's, to an extent and you know what is the dna of creativity is, is something that, that that came up and I, I think the fact that each one of you in some way has brought it back to to emotion whether mm. that's the emotion you you give to to the project or the emotion that you want to to get from the viewer or the recipient of mm. of said product is is you know fundamental yeah, to I, that whole process i think ultimately we we are in the emotion and attention business and I like that. Um, and Jules likes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was very, <laughs> he was very pleased with himself. Drop that. Yeah. No, yeah. We, we, yeah. And we jumped. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, it, it, it sounds quite sinister, but but in, in, in the sense that we are trying to elicit, you know, certain certain behaviors through yeah. what we do what, and what we say. Um, and I, I think it's just going back to the point that it's very difficult at times to do that in, in new ways, especially when old ways have been tested and tried and, and, and worked. Um, and I guess there's sometimes this this pressure to almost complicate things at times because you mm-hmm. feel like, well, if that's the destination and this is the easiest route, 
it feels lazy to just take the the easiest route. We almost have to add some kind of you yeah. know complexities for it to be creative. Sure, um, sure. And we, I, I think we need to sort of step away from this idea that you know simplicity is the enemy of creativity. Absolutely, and I, I think there's there's nothing wrong. Well, we're all we've, we're all on time restraints for things. You have deadlines and timelines and mm. and schedules where you know if we had full freedom of creativity, we could take hours, days to, to come up with things that sometimes you, you literally need to do in, in half an hour or something. And just to even get that, that little spark, you, you need those, those walls, like mm. rules control the fun kind of thing. Mm. You, need, you need to put those sort of parameters on things in order for them not to escape too far for them ever to, to be kind of reined yeah, in. I think the but, idea is create, a creative output doesn't, isn't one that didn't have any rules. It's yeah. ones where you can't notice the rules it had. Yeah. I like that you know, too. <laughs> I think that, that that's the challenge a lot of the time is the parentheses that the idea has to live within have to be invisible for whoever sees the final output. Yeah. And I think it becomes more and more difficult the more educated your audience is in that space. Mm-hmm. True. Which is why entertainment's really interesting because everyone knows how everything's made now yeah. and it's yeah. it's sort of it's really difficult to produce something that feels like magic. But really, that's what creative and entertainment should feel like. But something you're saying about complexity is interesting because design has always been about simplicity. Mm. And, um, you know, simple is hard is a really strong message in design. I think, the, but also artists, it's always about complexity, even if you're a simple artist. So there's a, um, I think, like an artist um, stops when there's nothing left to add and a designer stops when there's nothing left to take away is mm. apparently the difference mm. between what you're trying to do. Right. And... There's no right answer in in that, you know. I think that it depends on how you're approaching it. And I think art is a real inspiration in terms of um, process, not defining what creativity looks like because there's been so many um, different processes, different visions. You know, you look at Cubist paintings, you look at Picasso and you look at, I don't know, Millet. You couldn't get a vision that was more different, but actually both of them were trying to break the rules. Mm. And I think um, that's exciting for for anyone but what they're trying to do is evoke an emotional reaction like you said Jules and I think what's interesting when we're doing what we do in communications is we're trying to inspire an emotional reaction that in turn inspires some action and uh, whether that be a changing of perception or reputation or whether it be to do something um, as basic as go and buy something absolutely know? of course this might sound slightly pretentious but yeah, I'll go with never. it never I mean I, I think sitting in a room with me and Julie <laughs> 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 well, you wait. Um, I mean, <clears throat> so I've got this thing about creativity. I, I sort of think it's a bit like um, exercising. It's a bit like exercising a muscle. I think that the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the more your brain sort of starts thinking these ways, the better you'll be. One thing I really like about agencies across PR and advertising are those that sort of encourage and sometimes pay for um, sort of artistic and creative pursuits outside of their day job. Um I know one ad agency, for example, that um, will pay for um, a lot of sort of account managers, account um, directors to go on stand-up comedy classes. Oh, right. And it's the sort of thing that will encourage you to constantly think about words, constantly Mm. think about an expectation, Mm. because the whole point of comedy or a lot of the sort of comic devices are you take something that everyone thinks is going one way and you completely subvert it. I mean, that's just a classic comedy technique. But actually, that technique can be used in creativity that's got no comic element at all. So that's just a way of thinking that I think, you know, taking someone on a stand-up comedy, teach them how to the sort of these kind of techniques, and I think they'll come up with much better creative ideas that may have no humour in them necessarily, but they have that creative impact. Jokes are really good headlines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. If you're you're looking to write, again, I think 
headlines is a really good example of um of a smile in the mind concept mm-hmm. um and j- jokes are the same mm. um like I, there's you can disrupt turn a phrase and deliver so much more than what you were expecting in in just a couple of lines like mm. i think there's a joke um i got so drunk um i ended up under the host and everyone instead of under the table mm. i'm obviously terrible yeah. at delivering it <laughs> <laughs> but um but taking a phrase those comedy and, classes that we were talking yeah, about. Exactly. yeah. 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 maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, i actually did stand up once you didn't yeah really? i did um so did I. Oh really? Yeah. Look now. Oh, this is a whole other podcast. <laughs> we should do a double. Shoot it next week. <laughs> what was your best joke? What was your best joke going? Oh no, mine wasn't even like that. It was um, a live thing. So they gave you the newspapers. Oh right, oh, sort of. Yeah, yeah and improv. it was like it was improv, but it was um, you got given like five ten minutes to prep, and then you had to talk to people about the the news. But so improv scares the absolute bejesus out of me. I come from a, an acting background. But I, I can't I can't do improv. I'm I'm fine when someone gives me a script and I, I love being part of that that creative process of taking something from sort of page to stage. Well, that wasn't meant to rhyme, but you know what I mean. Um <laughs> I like it though. Yeah. We've all come up with, with yeah, some little, 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 little gems. Yeah, come on, yeah, right, you've you've probably got about another fifteen minutes. Um yeah, but but that whole uh, so they, they workshop a lot of things nowadays, um, and and it's all about improvising and seeing how it feels. And I I personally am really bad at that. I, I don't see myself mm. as being that kind of creative. Yeah, and yet yeah. there are other people who are who are you know brilliant at that. The comedians, you, you, you know, improvisers and all of that. Whereas I couldn't do it at all. Um, yeah. that, um, what's the the sort of nineties improv? comedy um, shows anyway. yes couldn't do that could yeah. not do that if somebody yeah. paid me i would freeze and what I, I, I really I, like about improv though is there's a mindset that really works in the job that we do and the, they have a rule called yes and yes yeah right and it's not yes but agree and add agree yeah. with agree what's going on and, and, add, and add something to it. to it yeah and that is how brainstorms for want of a better word because i know that everyone sort of is anti-brainstorms and things <laughs> but like that is so important that's mm. what no idea is a bad idea looks like mm. it doesn't mean that the idea is not absolute shite because mm. You can have a bad idea. <laughs> but, but it's a bad idea. But only if you're classing creative. it as the final output. And you're not in that yeah. situation. What you're trying to do is get everything out so that you can build on it. Mm. Now, a lot of the time, the value is in knowing what you don't want to do. You mentioned before, Julian, knowing what creativity doesn't look like. Yeah. You, some, It's so ethereal when you're trying to get that concept that actually sometimes the only way to get to it is by seeing what it's not. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's only so much you can see light without the dark. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you need to see that. And I think um, yes and is a great way to build on that um, that process so that if you have a yes and culture within that group of people, you're going to get good ideas because it's just going to keep moving, you know. And and that's, I think, something we can learn from that yeah, process. Yeah, I think... Uh, Sort of applying that to the, what I was just saying about not not being able effectively to do the the improvisation thing, I think the whole yes and thing is something I found easier as I've got older mm. because I'm I, I guess I'm less self critical. Mm. Whereas before, when I was going through sort of training and, and stuff like that, we would do these improvisation or warm up exercises and things, and every bit of me just wanted to do it again and do it better, mm. and that takes out. All of the, I suppose that creative process. You is it creative? If, mm. Creative <clears throat> if you repeat it and try and improve it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say also that doesn't not happen in our industry. There's not a single thing where I thought that's perfect. 
And I think um, it was David Ogilvy that said um, there's a divine discontent um, that exists in in the creative industries Mm. when that's where good work comes from. It's when you look at something and go, what could I have done with that after the fact? There's no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as as simple as you can get. There's nothing Um, wrong with striving for perfection, but you have to accept that it might not be achievable. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Not to go too deep, but I think that's in in, in life. You know, there's, Mm. there's, you shouldn't, you know, try to be perfect. Just try to be better than you were. And if if you keep, if you keep that maximum, you keep trying to be better. Then you're always on a on a, a, yeah. a journey of progression. And I guess um, you're only as good as your last idea or your last mm. campaign or your last whatever it it might be. Striving to to better yourself and to better your process mm. is the the name of yeah, the game. Yeah, because the, the, there is no sort of creative peak that you reach no. and you're like, okay, that's it. You know, <laughs> done. I, I've, you know, I've I've reached level ten of creativity. So any God idea, mode. creativity, exactly. complete. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> yeah, Any idea I deliver is going to be the best. No, it it, it doesn't exist. Um, but uh, there was something you said in passing about you know, can a bad idea be creative? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, Yes. What do you think, John? What, what do you think? Can a bad idea be creative? Is yeah. a bad idea still? I mean, it creative? can be. I mean, if you take if you take the, the the sort of minimum of what creative means, it means not unoriginal. It means mm-hmm. novel. Mm. Yeah. So there's creativity in it. But yeah, I mean, I think it can. I mean, I think I'd rather see uh, a bad idea that's creative than a mediocre idea that's um, uh, you know just been done lots of times yeah. before. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so it's more like creativity is an end, not a mean, or it's a means, not an end. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess you can have effective things that aren't necessarily that creative. In truth, yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. could just be like a sort of a workmanlike. You know, we were speaking earlier on about yeah. was it um, some hair gel company of some sort that had a pop up barber shop, and it's just like, oh, mm, okay. yeah, not the most original uh, I mean, of what, ideas. Yeah, at what it point do you, on, do you pitch yeah. a pop up barber shop to a hair product company and? And think, how are we going to make this original? <laughs> like, you, you're almost you're, you're painting yourself into a corner yeah. there, and I think that's where you're setting yourself some criteria. And you know, it's like, okay, where do we stop? And something that's interesting that about those kind of ideas that we're talking about is I've noticed a big difference in the nine years I've been running an agency of the value placed on creativity from the client side, where previously CMOs just didn't want to get sacked. <laughs> they wanted to keep. They wanted to keep doing what they were yeah. doing, but slightly better than last year. Yeah, mm. which generally meant paying a little bit more for some one thing that then you moved the needle on whatever was being measured. Um, and they didn't really want you to delve deeply into reporting because they didn't want to learn from evaluation. They just yeah. wanted to show their CEO that the money matched. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. matched up. Now I feel like there's a lot more creative ambition within brands because there's a real evolution to the the concept of brand that the product itself isn't enough, that actually the brand is the product. Mm. You know, the communications now is the product a lot of the time. Um, and that the pro- and and yeah, the, the products are just ways to subscribe to that brand. And there's an evolution in um, data as well and the way these things mm. are, are, are communicated. I mean, in the era before social media was as pre- prevalent as it was now, um, I mean, it must have been very different. You know, you get sort of feedback on how effective a creative campaign is almost immediately and you see 
with the comments where, and likes mm, and exactly. all that. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. not saying that's an end in itself, but it's a pretty good indicator to start with. Oh, for sure. Um, so you can see who's engaging with it in what way and what platforms. Instant impact. Yeah. Um, whereas that just, you know, a decade or so ago wouldn't have been anywhere near as uh, prevalent. Yeah, mm. and I think things can be done in, in sort of smaller bite-sized chunks now with the so in the age of social media, whereas I, I would imagine 10 years ago that it, it would take months and months and months, years perhaps, to sort of package this sort of advertising campaign or whatever it might be and then put it out there. And it was only at that point when it was fully out there in its, you know, fully grown, fully formed sense that you would ever get any feedback. Mm. And, yeah, sorry. No, I was just, just going to say, and now you can sort of drip feed things a little bit more and you can... You can steer things, in, you know, from getting the likes and the comments and things like that. They go, oh, okay, that didn't didn't quite work. So the next thing we'll put mm. out, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of yeah. twitch it. But, but, then I, but then I wonder if that then creates this almost um, self-serving ecosystem where we've trained ourselves to know what looks creative. And I mean, I think that mm. that then goes to judging as well. You know, so are we actually moving the needle or are we just playing to what each other wants to see so if if in our minds we've said oh this is what a creative idea sort of look sort of looks like mm-hmm. you know then our, our peers are also like okay they you know tick that box tick that box they did this in this way so it must be creative so how how much of it is actually impacting you know the world and how much of it is just you know self-serving yeah. Yeah. Going back to the sort of the, the duration point, here's my soundbite. Um, I think the sort of um, era of slow campaigns is behind us. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think now if there's a zeitgeist topic, it might be the zeitgeist topic that absolutely blows up for a, a day, an hour, um, three days, four days. And I think if you've got a sort of the duration of a campaign that lasts for months, I just don't know how it can have that sort of impact. I mean, the mm. best campaigns I think these days are the ones that tap into something that's happening now or certainly this month, yeah. certainly, <laughs> certainly this year, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because things move so quickly. This mm. is where I think PR has got a much better opportunity mm. to um, tap into this because um, I think you've got to sort of tap into that sort of cultural uh, moments rather than just trying to create your own. I mean, obviously, some people do create their own cultural moments, but um, I think I think you're better off sort of reacting to what's already out there than trying to sort of push things yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. Yeah. And I think I think that is a real evolution of the creative process within PR. I don't, and something I've noticed internationally isn't there in the US, where actually if you if you establish a platform of uh, a belief system within a brand and a cultural sort of relevance, I guess, for the brand, then when those things erupt, you know, those opportunities arise. Mm-hmm. There's a natural standpoint that you take as a brand, and you can act fast. But not it's not just um, throwing shit at a wall. You know, it's yeah. these small reactions all add up to something that you genuinely mm. hold dear as a value proposition within the brand that it provides that emotional connection from the, the customers that we we're talking about before. I don't think that used to happen. I don't think you used to have the lens of the brand. It just mattered if people talked about it. I think the equivalent, like I think Paddy Power has evolved a lot um, in recent years because it used to be able to get lots of conversation about controversial things it could jump onto the back of. But people started asking why, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think PR is a, a unique case of understanding risk and opportunity. Yeah, this is, yeah. It, it can definitely be overdone. I mean, you look yeah. at, um, you know, um, the number of brands that just jump onto something because it's there now. And it's sort of like, well, what right do you have to talk about this? Why am I interested in, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
whatever, I can't really think yeah. of any of it. Well, Paddy Power is probably a good example as any. Mm. You know, Paddy yeah. Power talking about um, whatever trees may going or, or something. I mean, um, yeah, I think that's right. And I think this is where it, it can definitely be overdone. But I mm. think it's about knowing the brand, knowing the brand's voice. Yes, um, absolutely. And making sure that you, this is kind of done deftly and at, at, at the right point. Mm. But, um, you know, I do think that's, that's, that's a revolution in the way brands engage with consumers. Mm. Oh, sure. Yes. And with creativity, obviously, we, we all work in the, the UK, um, but Manifest has, has global offices. Do you, do you think... That... The award-winning international... Oh, uh, well, yes. Well, now you mention it, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, um, do you, do you see that... The international agency of the year. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I heard it here. Do you think... <laughs> Does it differ from from say the the like New York to Stockholm, Stockholm to to the UK and Massively. beyond? This is what I find fascinating about um, our industry and communications because there are different levels of evolution. So New York is um, not just the US, but New York specifically is the oldest PR market in the world, really, and they are, and you can tell. Mm. <laughs> you know they've they've not moved everyone swims in their lane in the states right. so integration is literally everyone just swimming in the same direction it's not understanding that um that each lane can amplify the other it's sort of just making sure they don't contradict one another but all the creativity comes out of advertising um which is in its own lane or digital which is in its own lane public relations in the u.s is still very much about sending an email because you can't phone a journalist um with a, with a story like you'll interview someone there and you'll say okay what did you do to launch that that product that's really interesting and well, I wrote a press release and sent it to my contacts okay what what was your headline x company launches y product yeah, and that, and that, that's it that's it's just information very linear sort of yeah and i don't think that the communications discipline or certainly the pr discipline isn't seen as creative out there at all People are publicists and actually very few agencies have creative directors even in the in the way we were talking about before where there's one person responsible for it all, which isn't the right way to do it anyway. But they're not even trying that. And it seems there's a real appetite for brands for that kind of action. Yeah. But there isn't necessarily the reaction from, from agencies that we see here. I think you sort of see this reflected actually, in my view, in the sort of the, the nature of the market over here compared to the US. I mean, I look at our um, UK top 150 um, and the equivalent in in the states because we do sort of product together with our US colleagues here at US, and you know there's so much more interest going on here. I mean in the states there's not you know you get the massive global networks and then there's a bit of um, toing and froing. But over here you know I mean obviously you get the the, the big global networks here too. But um, you know a lot of the interesting stuff happens in them, the, the smaller and medium sized agencies, and you get the impression there's so much dynamism dy- dynamism there mm. and sort of fast growth. Um, among the independent shops. And I think clients mm. over here generally are probably, I mean, uh, correct me if, if you've got a different view, but generally kind of more willing to give maybe limited briefs to very small agencies that can prove their sort of creative credentials. Mm. Um, I think there's just a much more um, buoyant kind of market for that type of agency Massively. over here compared to... I, I agree. If you, look at, if you look at that top 150, but also if you look at any of the awards, you've got that mid-range of, of agencies that are just absolutely flourishing at the moment um and i remember you know nine years ago when we started manifest it was a real struggle to see anyone else who we felt was competing with what we were trying to do and therefore wondering whether it was the right thing to do to be perfectly honest and no one really knew who we were and it was fine we were able to make our mistakes and and i think um 
that sort of training ground doesn't exist now. That that sandbox has become, I think, this burgeoning middle ground in the industry of 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 different agencies doing really different work, but always cross discipline. Yeah. That's the thing that actually is really pushing the boundaries. So I think in London, the industry is definitely, or in the UK, is definitely pushing um, that that boundary blur. Um, which doesn't happen in the US. In Sweden, where we also have an office, it's completely different in the sense of they're not boundary blurring necessarily, they're not innovative in tactics at all. But what they really understand is authenticity and credibility. There's no bullshit in Sweden. <laughs> you know, everyone has a real purpose behind the brand. It's not because they saw a Simon Sinek TED talk. You know, the, <laughs> the, this is how businesses run over there. I was told by my Swedish friend that competition comes from the. <laughs> The Latin phrase "copetare," which means to to fight in the same direction, oh. um, and I think that that's a fantastic analogy for what business should be, um, and that's how Swedes see it. You know, there's no there's no um, sort of competition in the sense of uh, looking at each other and going, "Oh, I hope they fail." Like they, you don't really have that mindset, and there's therefore so much innovation in things like technology because they collaborate and fields yeah. like that. And also they have a community of people who are willing to embrace authenticity really quickly. Right. Okay. So you can have yeah. a new product that is an overnight success. I mean, there's only 8 million people We're so in We're cynical <laughs> here. I think, you know, we are sort of inherently cynical as well. I think, it, it, same, you know, hearing what you just said about, about Stocker, but they want to embrace it. They're open. They're, mm. they're probably far more open-minded than, than we are and, and, and possibly the States as well. Um, we should sauna more. That's the thing. Is that it? Alex Myers, uh, key to life. <laughs> More saunas. Um, we've we've got to tie things up pretty soon, um, but just as a like a little last thing, I want to know what was the last creative thing you did. <laughs> um, oh, go on, John. Can I go last, please? I'm going to have to think. Alex, go. This is a proper difficult question. I remember you saying you were going to ask this. I thought you were joking. We can blame uh, Ali Maynard James for this one, yeah, yeah. can't we? Thanks, Ali. <laughs> um, always Ali. I don't know. I think that if, if realistically that's the challenge, isn't it? It's thinking, okay, where do I set the bar on creativity for myself? And I think, honestly, like us having to answer these questions, it's not a back out. The point is that just responding to something with a, a genuine purpose-driven proposition, I think anything you respond to with an opinion is creative. So having this conversation, deciding to do it, I guess we're creating something yeah. at the end of the day, whether anyone likes it or not or listens to it. I don't know. <laughs> but but that's... You've got listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jules? Uh, last creative thing. creative thing I did. I think... Cooking is always creative. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, and especially, I, I always... Plantains. It's always plantains. I, I, I try, every time I go to do a big shop at Tesco, I always try to get a new... Other supermarkets are available. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tesco Bo. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> oh, I really hope, I really hope you get recognised. Bo Superstore. Um, I always try and get a, a spice or, or, or herb that I've, I've not used before. Oh, I love like um, and, and so it, it, it just means that, that I add something new to, to a dish. And so far, I haven't made any, any mistakes. I'm using sumac now. You should try it. It's oh, okay, sumac. Yeah, it's, it's dope. Isn't it slightly eggy? Is that the one? It's, it's, it's red. It's red. Yeah, I, I guess it's just you could... sort of a pungency. Yeah, to it. it does. Yeah, uh, but but it's 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 really good. Um, <laughs> I but yeah, I, I think it's something everyone should do. Just you know, go go 
to the store, look at this. I don't know. I don't know what tarragon is. Pick mm-hmm. it up and, and research and try to use it. Mm. Cool. You bring new life. that works on quite a few things, actually, tarragon. Yeah. Oh, but, God, yeah. tarragon's great. Can you use yeah. it in, like... Um, uh, like salads and stuff. You just yeah. Put it, yeah. Yeah. You can use it in, in, in scrambled eggs. You can use it in chicken. Stuff it in. Oh, Tarragon is so versatile. You know that fresh meat's a play on words, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need, we need Jules' cooking podcast to, to come out of this. Well, there's Jules the brand cooks. extension. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wanted to go last, so you, yeah. you may have the last word. It's the word. Oh, this shouldn't be the last word because you'll be disappointed. But I... I, I <laughs> It's a suggestion that's been accepted for the not the next edition of PR Week, but the one after that. But I don't want to give away what that is, ah. so I can't really what about say. About in within your your sort of your home life, was oh. there something in the last couple of days or today earlier today that you you did? It was just a little bit new with a slightly different frame of mind. Ah, uh, could be something you've done every day. Yeah, what do you think today. I'm really struggling. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you did. You did. To be honest, you put your cards on the table and said you weren't a creative person at the yeah. start of this. So I guess you're being true to have, your own words. I think I have flashes <laughs> of creativity. I can tell you the worst creative thing I've ever done. Oh, go on then. When I was about, I don't know, that's like, a better closing. Yeah. When I was What's about, the worst idea you've ever had? <laughs> when I was about seven or eight, probably, I thought, you know, I, I, I really want to run those switches with the light next to my. Um, uh, next to my bedside table, mm-hmm. so I could t- turn the light off after I've been reading, or whatever. Um, and then I thought, well, my my light didn't have that, so there was, but there was a, um, I could see the light was sort of plugged into the um, to the to the main. So I thought, well, maybe I can make a sort of an external sort of um, uh, sort of piece of equipment that will mean I can pull it out from afar, and right. then I can. So what I did was <laughs> I put I put a belt um, between <laughs> between the plug and the socket. Um, so I could use the belt to sort of whip the um, uh, the, 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 plug the plug out, out right? Um, and it <laughs> didn't work very well. Um, luckily, there was no like, obviously the the belt was presumably rubber, so there was no electricity that could go through that. Otherwise, I might not be here now. But yeah, we're grateful. It, yeah, but it basically blew that plug socket. Um, Gosh, okay. So there, there's a bad creative idea. And I know I said earlier on that I'd rather I'd say have bad a bad execution. But, but yes, idea. I'm just execution is probably that. not the right yeah. word to use in this context. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and I said earlier on that I'd rather have you know uh, a bad but creative idea mm-hmm. than just going through life not being very creative. I think in this sense that's not the case because I think <laughs> probably just getting up off my ass um, and taking the plug out. Would have been better. I've wasted. So you may want to cut all of this. No, no, no I find it, it's fascinating. Well, I don't know if this adds anything to the, uh, the, the the creative community. Are there but... any other terrible ideas though that we can pick on? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess me jumping into a pool. Oh, yeah, that I can't oh. swim. So, uh. so just to put this into context for you, John, we had Manifestival Festival in Mallorca one year, and um, uh, it was it, after the the quiz that we do every year. So when the winners jumped in the pool, and everyone followed them, all jumped in fully clothed into the pool. Um, including Jules. And Jules can't swim. Ooh. And he literally <laughs> dropped like a rock yeah. to the bottom of the pool. It was a very unusually deep pool. <laughs> unusually deep. How yeah. do you know you don't swim? I know, but I, 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 I'm, I'm six foot, so I, I reckon I'll be able to like, you know, stand. No. I think the no. point is, if, if I've never seen anyone sink as fast. <laughs> yeah. I think if people are jumping into it, you can assume it's quite deep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they were all like in one end, so I was like, I'm going to go to the other end. Uh, the deep yeah. end. The, yeah, the right. deep end. Yeah, yeah. 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 but work out. Tom just shouted across, went, Alex, Julian. I was like, 
where is he? He went, <laughs> he just pointed down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. Literally, they saved my life. Literally. I, he hadn't wow. mentioned to yeah. anyone that he can't swim. We, we joke he... about it, but I, I, I was going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very Baywatch. He rolled out the side, water wow. out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, we joke now. Fear of the bends. Yeah. 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 He went to a pressure chamber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Julian? He's in the iron lug. Yeah. <laughs> you bought an iron lug. Well, oh, you're just not Jules' best idea. You love a sound bite. I know you do. So, come on, tell us. She's pointing at me. I am pointing at I'm pointing at, at the Myers. Tell us, what is the difference between a good idea and a great oh, idea? Oh, you're, you're just trying to feed the line from the, the manifest has a creative <laughs> manifesto, which you should definitely check out um, on Insight. But one of the lines in there, which always people like lambast me for saying all the time, is that a good idea will send a shiver down your spine, but a great idea will scare the shit out of you. Get used to it. Because I think it's only the ideas when you think we can't do that that actually are the ones that everyone really picks up and takes notice of um and i think it's our job in our industry really to stand up for opportunity not for risk um you know we need to de-risk things but with you know the finding new opportunities and going back to what you said before john that an idea needs to be new generally new things are frightening um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to start a business was because people were telling me, oh, no one does that in our industry to not do something. Like, mm-hmm. that was their rationale. And I was like, that's the opposite way of mm. how you should be thinking. Yeah. No one goes, oh, do you remember that marketing leader, that founder of that business who did what everyone else did, but slightly better? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't happen. Well, they, they, I've heard it said and I've read a few times that idea of feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that can in some way tie up everything that we've been saying about fear being an emotion, creativity being this sort of untangible thing that we, that we can't really put a button on. We know where it isn't, but we can't always say where it is. But ultimately, mm. as long as you kind of attack it with gusto and with, you know, and use that fear as fuel, mm. then something creative will, will come from it. Definitely. Right. Can we oh. add that um, Henry Ford quote? Do you know the one I'm... What I'm Henry thinking of, Ford. Uh, yeah, if um, you know, as in the yeah, 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 um, you know, if you ask people what they wanted, uh, they would have said faster horses, mm. and that's the issue with data. I think is that a lot of the time, data is not going to come up with an idea; it'll just prove why your idea is not going to work, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is you know an important thing, I guess. But uh, yeah, one of the challenges we have at the moment is the data doesn't tell us to do that. So, well, because you've not done it yet. Yeah. Mm. So Absolutely. how will you know? And that's sort of the same thing. But for the modern era. Yeah. And far less <laughs> soundbitey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's been terrific. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much. Holly. Yeah, Alex Myers, Julian Abubo. Yep. <laughs> I want to call you a Bobo. and I'm sorry. Abubo. It's a palindrome, Holly. It's a palindrome, yeah. It, it, oh, it is, isn't yeah, it? There it you go, every day's yeah. a school day. That's what he tells everyone. When and the effervescent. Down. John Harrington. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you very much. <laughs>